have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yo, what's up, world? It's your boy, JR, John Robinson. Science of Life is in here. And you're listening to another fresh interview on the library with Tim Einekel on RapStation.com. of the dialogue, the grand duke of the scripture, the prince of intense sentence who paint pictures, respect, royalty, love, loyalty, praise the wise woman bringing incense and oils to me, bless, it's passed down from family background, highest noble so global refining this rap sound, ruler of the He was born in the South Bronx and raised in Far Rockaway, Queens and Central New Jersey, it has been continuously perfecting his craft for at least the past 20 years. John Robinson, a.k.a. Little Psy of the world-renowned underground hip-hop group Signs of Life, joins me today in the library from Lincoln Center on RapStation.com. Uh, John, thanks for joining me in the library with Tim Einenkel. Yes, man. Pleasure to be here. We're live and direct from Lincoln Center, as you said. So pardon the background noise or just utilize it as ambiance for the journey. That's very true, very true. So I want to start with... Uh, your latest work is uh, Modern Vintage, a collabor- collaboration album you did with the drummer, composer, producer, seems like you did everything, uh, band leader, Pat Van Dyke, a.k.a. PVD, yes. which was released in June of 2014. Um, live instrumentation was the, fun- was the foundation of this album. Uh, does your writing process change when creating lyrics, which will go over instruments versus the kind of traditional hip-hop beats and sampling? Or does it kind of, I guess, depend on the track and everything? Great question. Um, I would say yes, and this is not necessarily the first time I've done this. Um, So I guess initially, living in Los Angeles was the time I remember where I started to open up and work with more live music in the studio outside of just on stage. And I felt like doing so expanded the way that I approach writing and in a weird way it made me embrace writing songs rather than focusing more on metaphors and braggadocio lyrics etc it made me really focus more on writing a song and sticking to the script and bringing the point across through the song to the best of my ability so it definitely hone my songwriting abilities. Uh, I want to talk about your songwriting a little later, but there's a, a record off of uh, a modern vintage called uh, All Over the World, which I think is an interesting track because 
you're shouting out the world as opposed to, like you said, the braggadocious, like shouting out your block. Um, so if you could tell us, like, what moment did you realize hip-hop and hip-hop, hip-hop culture and hip-hop music was more than just your neighborhood? Where it was the, it was global. Um, and then if you could kind of talk about, since you've been performed, you know, you performed in the States, but you also performed internationally. Can you talk about the difference between an American hip-hop audience versus an international one? Do you think... American hip hop audiences, since it was created here, are kind of spoiled and uh, are not hungry as they used to be. And international audiences are a little more hungry. So, yeah, when I realized that hip hop was worldwide, literally was, I would say, in the 90s, working with Bobito Garcia. You know, uh, Bobito released my first vinyl ever. And at the point of meeting him, it was, you know, very humble meeting where I would frequent his showcase at the New Eurekan Poets Cafe. And, you know, he would pick names out of a hat. If he picks your name, you got to get on the mic. It was just magical. I felt like every time I went there, my name got picked. No matter how many names were in the hat, I got picked. This particular evening, I was like, you know what? I don't care if I got picked because I have a tape and I'm going to get this tape to Barbido tonight. Ironically enough, he picked my name last. So I was able to represent on the mic, pound him up, and slide him a tape all in the same motion. And I remember getting a call later, maybe like three, four days later, answer uh, answer machine message and the song's playing in the background and it's Barbido saying, yo, Cy, call me back. I want to do a record. And just hangs up. So I told my partners about this, and they're like, whatever, whatever, yeah, right. And this is the era where, no, we literally had the big white answering machine with, you know, connected to the phone, so I couldn't just call them on three-way and play them the message. Like, they had to come to my house, and, you know, they checked out the message, and we were excited. But from that point, working with Fondalem Records literally took my group Science of Life from scowling the scenes of the tri-state area to literally being recognized in other countries, you know, because Fondalem through Bobito and Stretch's work on the radio show allowed his persona and everything he was doing to leak in other places. He had fans all all over the world. So when the label came about, he had supporters all over the world. People wanted to buy those vinyls. So when I remember running into people like Company Flow, you know, people like uh, Khalil from the Bush Babies and just different comrades that we had in New York back then who would tell us, yo, they're playing your music in Italy. They're playing your music in London. They're playing your music in Denmark. And we were like, wow, like we got to get over there. That was the moment that I noticed that, okay, wow, this hip hop is worldwide and it's time for us to take a trip over there. You know, um, and comparing audiences, I feel like it depends on the place. You know, sometimes here in the tri-state, people could get spoiled just because it's easily accessible, you know. But, yeah, I've been places in Europe that are spoiled, too, because it's easily accessible. But then you may go somewhere like I remember doing the Hip Hop Kemp Festival in the Czech Republic. 
you know if anyone knows the history of Czechoslovakia and what went on there for a very long time there was no entertainment coming through there people didn't have hip hop people didn't have live music because it was a war zone you know there was a lot of things happening that just didn't allow for it and once that opened up when I was there, you can immediately see the appreciation. I mean, it was so overwhelming. Like, whatever it was, people were coming out. And they weren't just coming. They were coming to give their all and support full-fledged. This festival I'm speaking of literally brags to having easily 30,000 people every year come to this festival to check out the hip-hop. So that's just giving you a glimpse. To expound a little more, I would say... The difference that I'm noticing, I feel like when I go to other countries, for the most part, people are more interested in the stories, the history, the backstories, the behind the scenes, you know, questions I get there are, so, you know, where were you when you met MF Doom and describe to me what it was like? What year was it? What street was it on? You know, here they wouldn't say that. They'll say, John Robinson, tell people who you are and what you do. And I'm just like... Eh, okay, cool. So it's it's a thing where I felt like being attached to the history is more exciting. You know, if you're attached to the beginnings of something, you want to hear all those little quirky stories, and it makes it more interesting. So I feel like that's what keeps the people more amped about it, in my opinion. I want to go to another record on the album. Um, it's called Choose Your Words Wisely. Uh, featuring Melinda Camille. The world is fast, be whispered so loud they heard. Speaking tones into the air so profound, absurd. You know you're thinking, keep my thoughts on cruise control. Handpick, vocab, make you move your soul. Language, the golden key, it's a movement, yo. Positive vibrations, quite suitable. Watch what you say, it's not removable. So many walk with cloudy vision. Stuck without a system of the structure called the universe. That really, to me, it, it highlights a number of topics. You talk, you touch on the power of words um, and the ability to paint a picture. You talk about the power of words over your audience. And then you also talk about the responsibilities that artists have uh, when choosing their lyrics that they use. Uh, one, what prompted you to write this track? And two, how much responsibility does an artist have with his or her lyrics? I mean, can they get away with saying it's just art? Or, I mean, what, what do you feel about that? Yeah, Choose Your Words Wisely easily was inspired by my life. Um, I choose my words wisely, definitely, and inspired also by meditation. I meditate, and I felt in that journey, I've learned literally that, yes, words are powerful, thoughts are powerful, you know, so that's what it means. Choose your words wisely doesn't necessarily mean watch what you're thinking or watch what you're saying. It means watch what you're thinking as well, because your thoughts become words later, and it's a thing where I tell people a lot, try to focus more on what you want to happen and what you would like to see happen rather than what you don't want to happen and what you don't want to see happen. Because in general, most people focus on what they don't want and what they don't want to see. And that's usually what happens, you know? So it's like, it's very related to energy. It's like, you don't want to speak these things into existence. You don't want to think these things into existence. So be wise of that and know that words are powerful. On an artist level, it's tough. Some artists feel or disagree with the instance of feeling like 
you should be held accountable for what you say or what you put out there, etc. It's art, it's entertainment, blah, blah, blah. My argument to that is we're in a time where, unfortunately and fortunately, the world is a serious place right now. It's not a joke, it's not a game. And hip-hop is such a powerful force. Like, hip-hop is... MLK's dream that he was talking about you know people all coming together under one umbrella holding hands that happens in hip-hop all over the world there's all types of people who are in a room you're not thinking about color you're not thinking about religion you're not thinking about schools of thought creed shade anything you're thinking about music culture vibe happiness and passion you know so in saying that it's like I feel it's important to use the power to uplift rather than destroy, you know? This is such a powerful force that if you're saying certain things and young people are hearing it, they're not knowing that you're only entertaining them, you know? Young people take it literally and go out and actually do these things and strive for these things, you know? So it's, in that sense, I feel like we're in a time where, yeah, we do have to be more responsible about the output but even more so, figuring out ways to assure that there's a balance. You know, growing up, there was always a balance. You definitely had Coogee Rap saying talk like sex and getting super explicit in his way. But then you also had, you know, your Shaquilla from Poor Righteous Teachers who talked about women in a more beautiful light and, you know, gave royalty to the woman so there was always a balance i feel like that's what's really missing and that's what's causing a lot of pinpointing in the industry now where it's like why are they talking about this why are they talking about that there's no balance so really that's all you see is the negative side for the most part in the mainstream and it affects things if there was a balance we probably wouldn't even be talking about this because there would be another perspective Right, and we come from a time where you had like a two live crew, but then you also dropped the self destruction record. Exactly. So there is that balance. That uh, speaking of choosing your words, you seem to not curse, and maybe you rarely curse, or I just did not pick up any curses. I sent a few tracks to Chuck to play on our show, and I didn't have to edit anything, so, so it was beautiful. Um, why don't you curse? The main reason is just what you said. I don't want to have 12 different mixes for each song, radio edit. I don't, I just never was into that. All of that spinning the word out. And, you know, I just felt like, you know what? I'd rather articulate myself to the point where none of those words are there. So you could just hear the whole song. Another important thing to me was always make music for adults who have children. You know, I kind of felt like that's a chamber that there's a void where I'm a hip hopper. I know that my peers are hip hoppers who grew up in this and now they're adults and now they're family men. They have children. They're in their cars. They want to pop something on that they can vibe to and resonate with conversation wise, vibe wise. But they also want to make sure their little one in the car seat back there can listen to and not pick up all of this craziness. And it's important for my elders to respect what I do. And I felt like omitting that language would be an easier way to get older people to get what hip-hop is about from an MC standpoint rather than just pointing to the mainstream and thinking that's all there is. 
I want to talk about it. I want to talk a little bit a little later. I'll talk about the record more, but or uh, the album more. But I want to kind of expand on what you just mentioned about who you write for, mm-hmm. um, or who you write to. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there a person that you have in mind, whether fictional or or non-fictional? You know that you are always writing for, and you know that you won't ever kind of like cross a lyrical line with them. Like there's this creative, you know, when you're writing, you're like, all right, I, I have Joe Schmo in my head, who's this, I don't know, let's say like 15-year-old kid, uh, and I don't want to offend him or her. Do you have that in your mind when you write? There's, there's something I heard Guru say. I want to say it's the Moment of Truth album, maybe. But I don't want to misquote him, but one of the things he did say was regarding there's always a message and when he said that I wholeheartedly agreed with that like you know I don't want to really write mindlessly where there's no message there's nothing to point back to I guess the best way to describe who I'm writing for the person in mind outside of who I just described I'm literally writing messages for family members friends and society that I haven't met yet for later. That's what this is for. These are instructions. These are descriptions. These are expressions of what's happening right now and what's to happen in my perspective later. But yeah, I'm giving messages to family members I never met yet, society I haven't met yet, and friends I haven't met yet in a sense where at one point... I would say maybe about 10 years ago, I started to realize, like, wow, the music I'm making is inspiring people I don't even know. Like, there's people who know me because of this music, and not just, oh, John Robinson, like, superstar, rap star, but no, listen to what he's saying. I kind of know who this guy is from this music, but I never shook his hand. And once I realized that, it made me say, you know what? I'm going to start channeling more into that. I want to write for people that I haven't met. In this time, but later too, because I'm a fan of jazz and listening to a lot of jazz over the years, I started to realize, wow, most of the people we consider legendary are people who at the time they were making this brilliant, classic, legendary music didn't necessarily feel like legends, you know, didn't necessarily feel famous or, you know, rich wealthy, you know, for lack of better expression, they were struggling, just like everybody else next to them, but they had this expression, and then the music evolved, and over the years, it stood the test of time, that's what I want for myself, so I feel like that's really what I'm thinking when I'm writing. You just mentioned you were a fan of jazz, so I want to jump to, um, in the album uh, Modern Vintage, I want to jump to your track Miles and Train. Um, it's obviously it's a dedication to jazz greats Miles Davis and John Coltrane. Um, how important are Davis and Coltrane to you and what you do? But also, how important do you think they are to the culture of hip-hop? Wow. Uh, well, I would, I'll start with Miles and say Miles is very important to what I do because reading his book, his uh, autobiography... It 
set me on my journey really to get into the jazz music on a history level but on a music level and knowing who the players are like if you read about miles and you study miles's career you'll learn about so many musicians because he was one of those guys who in the span of his career he went from bebop to hip-hop you know he literally went from charlie parker all the way to easy moby and not many jazz musicians could say the same. So that right there alone tells you, wow, he touched and played with damn near anyone you can name or was connected somehow to everybody. And reading his story, I started to parallel that with hip hop, you know, like just my own connections and other people and how everyone's connected, how everyone collaborates. You know, I feel like Another way of thinking about Miles and Train would be J-Lib or Mad Villain. You know what I'm saying? That is Miles and Train in a hip-hop form, in a sense where you have these two guys who are, you know, leaders in their own right, but they come together and form this super group. You know, same thing. Train, I feel like Train was more of the revolutionary in a sense where... You know, don't get me wrong, Miles was very rebellious too, in a sense where he was one of the cats who played what he wanted to play. He didn't want to just stay in one zone. He didn't want to stay in bebop, stay in hard bop, stay in straight ahead. He wanted to always evolve with the times. And he had different bands that were set up to evolve with the times. Train was a cat who, when I listened to his music, I feel the pain. I feel the stories. I feel the passion. You know, uh, interstellar space you know the average person could listen to that music and say oh he's just blowing and making a bunch of noises it's crazy when I listen to it it's like no I see pictures I feel pain I feel anger I feel screaming out for help I feel expression you know I feel his story so to me jazz and hip-hop it's a parallel and those two guys the reason that they're most important I mean they're most notable but when you study their journeys, they're so similar to a lot of what we see today in hip-hop. He wrote sketches of Spain, living a lush life. His name was synonymous with fame. He would crush mics. Simple, avant-garde with a prestigious facade. He lived life on edge, truths even the odds. Seven steps to heaven, praising the gods. Stellar regions, birth of the cool bags, groove in every season. With a quartet of quintet, he kept the Every king, queen, and princess from a worldwide distance. Someday my prince would come, he thought out loud. Being ridiculed for playing with his back to the crowd. Streamer says he has no right, a genius in his own right. Past life played horns, nowadays he hold mics. Transition grew new heights and ambition. A man's mission to make ends meet and keep the fans listening. He touched the sun, you can see his hands glisten. Impressions were love supreme, delivered in grand written. Sorcerer, 
trading places like Randolph and Mortimer. Yeah. Interstellar space is some kind of wonderful. Taking the giant steps. First meditation, pure blessings, I confess. My favorite things only get played around midnight. Birdland sessions, classic expressions. Cool by President Times, he wrote rhymes on quiet nights, scripting up in sight. Desire mice, feverish, kind of blue, disguised the food, y'all. Milestone from childhood days inside the schoolyard. Frequent flyer for hire, juice and gem supplier. Love, peace, and happiness, thoughts, it's all Kaya. Modern day jazz man with the mic in his hand. On the corner, spitting jams, you cram to understand. The soul of Jack Johnson, killer instinct like Bronson. With a touch of jazz, it sound awesome. Question, measuring tools, praise the late great forever you rule. Next level of jewels, meditation music for the hip, it's alright. Stella by starlight, the shine was so bright. Trumpet and sax come together by the stacks, keep everything right and exact. Just looking back, the moon is so golden, blue and green. On Dolphin Street, we be doing things for real. Hop, hop, hooray! Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.